I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Monday, July 6, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? There's a lot of stuff on the docket, so we're going to go through it methodically one thing at a time. What do we start with? We start with the first thing that jumps off the page at us on the daily chart. What is that? How about the position of the market today relative to the previous high, which was 315.64, and the gap that we've been discussing for a long, long time at 319. We're currently in, or they're currently in, no man's land. So the question on the table is, are they going to fill the gap sooner than later or what? Here's the way we look at it. It's the duck. The duck is, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, generally speaking, it's going to be the duck. So, the duck would say they're going to go fill the gap. Whether or not they go higher or get rejected squarely at the gap, that's an open question. We leave that for real-time stuff, and we leave that for inside the numbers members. We have to see the price action in and around the gap. Here's a scenario. What happens if they gap above the gap? Well, guess what? That's bullish. That would send markets pretty much to double top over here. That happens to be all the way up at 323 and change. Doesn't mean they're going to get there all in one shot. It just means the door would be open to go up to double top and potentially beyond. Might want to write this one down on one of those sticky notes right by the monitor. Here's the deal. Let's say they do gap above the gap. They open up above 319. Well, guess what? That's bullish on its face. However, hourly closes and then a daily close back below the gap, that's bearish. Again, you have to see what's going on in real time, but at a broad stroke, that's something that you need to know about. You need to know what a failure looks like. Why do I bring that up? Because we're in the zone where we could see one of those infamous gap and craps. It's an awareness. We don't know that it's going to happen, but we need to understand what it looks like and what the ramifications are if it happens. So let's just say in the spirit of a hypothetical gap and crap, what's the story? The market gaps up. They open above 319, yet only a few hours later, maybe within the hour, who knows, all of a sudden they're trading below 319. They start closing hourly below 319. It's the makings of a gap in crap. You don't know the result until the end of the day. It's a daily chart. So until the close, you don't know the story. But that's what to look for in a failure in the making. Here's another one. Another sticky note on the other side of the monitor. What happens if they never fill the gap and they start going lower? That's weakness. They should be able to fill the gap. The gap should be magnetic. Here's the twist. Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew aren't going to let you have it all in one shot. Hence today. They could have ran up and filled the gap. And we're going to take a look at inside the numbers. They could have ran up and filled the gap at any point in time they wanted to today. They chose not to do it. It's not like it was a hop, skip, and a jump away. But the point is, when you're having one of these bullish days, you have a gap higher. There's no sellers to be found. They could have had one of those, quote-unquote, 
gap and go days where they have an end of the day jam session doing what? Filling the gap. They didn't do that. They chose not to do that. Let's take a look at another chart and see what that chart says. Here's an hourly chart. Now, there was a picture of an hourly chart provided to Inside the Numbers members. It looks something like this, but before the last hourly candle. Now, here's the deal. It's a bullish pattern. The last hourly candle is on cue, if you will. The market's basically just going back and forth inside this range, inside this hourly chart, bullish, flaggish thingamajig. But here's the thing, and this was also on another chart, but market symmetry was also posted for Inside the Numbers in the spirit of learning. When things are quiet, specifically in the afternoon, I think it's beneficial to put up charts. After all, a picture is worth a hundred words, or is it a thousand words? We all know it's a thousand. Pictures speak volumes. We think in pictures, and therefore, I'm going to try and use more pictures inside the numbers if that's helpful to you guys and it helps to make things clear. Why did I bring up market symmetry again? The reason is because on this hourly chart, where would market symmetry basically have the destination or the result of this bull flag pattern? And the answer is, and you can go back to the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader when we describe how this works and how to calculate it, but market symmetry would have it at what? Would have the spider at 319, give or take. It's close enough. Something else that we want to note, and here's a picture of the ES futures contract, the S&P E-mini. Now, this doesn't show the gap, and the gap that we just discussed in the SPY chart comes in here, let's just say roughly about 20 points higher than it's showing here, right around 31.91, 31.92 or 3, something in that neighborhood. But we were focused on another number that comes in before the gap, and it was off of this S&P E-mini futures contract. It was the breakdown candle high. We've discussed this many times in these videos here. That high is 31.77.75. Why is that important? And A, number one, they're basically home anyway. They got up into the 31.70s. It's one of those close enough deals. They got higher than before, yet... The breakdown candle high is still magnetic in a lot of ways, so therefore I wouldn't be surprised to see them do it in the after hours, pre-market, or tomorrow. And guess what? If they're going to fill the gap that we talked about in the SPY, then they're going to be getting through this breakdown candle high. Question is, in the futures contract, can they close a day above this breakdown candle high? So it gives us another number to focus on. Maybe not a lot of traders across the globe are focused on both numbers. We're focused on both numbers, both areas. We look at everything we possibly can to put the most ammunition in our tool belt. How about something else? Here's another way to look at the market. Let's say they gap above the gap we just discussed at 319. Here's a weekly chart. Where would they be going? Well, if they're gapping above a daily chart gap that exists, we just go over to the weekly chart and we take a look at what's important when we look right to the left, we see this breakdown candle high. What's the high? Happens to be 323.41. Now it's the same area we talked about, the daily chart double top, 
But you see, when you look at the weekly chart, it looks different. It's not just a double top on the daily chart. It's a big weekly chart breakdown candle. And guess what? They're unlikely to just whistle past the graveyard above that high without a fight. It's going to be overhead resistance. Now, keep something in mind. This is a weekly chart, so intra-week, maybe they spike it. Even if they did, where are they going? Well, here's another one. Here's a another high, a breakdown candle high at 325.85. You see my point? Even if they push higher, another 50, 40, 60 S&P points, look what they're starting to run into. They're not going to just run right through all this stuff and close this gap up here without some quote-unquote overhead resistance. And that's all said using the 80-20 rule specifying that under normal garden variety conditions with the full and complete understanding that anything can happen, anything goes, especially after the rally we've had off the March lows, it's still unlikely that would happen. They're going to run into resistance. They're going to pull the rug out at some point from some price. The gap is really as good of place as any, maybe slightly higher. They're going to have some kind of correction. They'll pull the rug out. They have to scare the shit out of everybody sooner or later. That's the way the market works. It climbs the wall of worry, and then they pull the rug out when nobody's looking. One day, we'll all wake up in the morning, and the SLP will be trading down 50, 60, 70, 80 handles, whatever it is, and everybody has that surprised look on their face like, what just happened? I thought the market couldn't go down anymore. We've all been there before. It's an unrealistic viewpoint. They will, mark my words, pull the rug out. The art form and the science behind it is where, at what price, and when? Well, we use something that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, which is what? Using the signs and signal of a trend change, at least from a short-term perspective, to first identify when something may be unfolding. That's the way we do it. Let's take a look at Inside the Numbers. First, we'll look through the pre-market commentary. You can read it. And then further that, pause the video, read the commentary. What I want you to see is two main things. A couple of numbers that turn out to be important today. 316... You'll see that as we go through the notes. And by the way, stocks on the move. Let's take a peek while we're down here at stocks on the move. We had two put on the board early this morning. The market was gapping up. Everything was a rising tide lifts all boats scenario. Two stocks were moving that fit our criteria, Duke and Dominion. So you see Duke hit its entry target. That was later in the day. And Dominion jumped the target, meaning it opened below even the second price target. Therefore, it's off the table. It's absolutely a no trade. When something opens below one of my targets, it's the market or this stock telling me that that price that was the, supposed to be the target opening below Something else is going on. Something else has developed. It's a different type of situation. We don't want it anymore. The story changed before the opening bell. That's why stocks say jump target, opening below or above a target. We don't want it. It's a no trade. Let's go through the commentary. You can pause the video and you can start it up again. What I urge you to do is read the commentary, go back to the charts and see what happened. First thing, right out of the chute, early pre-market. This is the early thoughts. This is before the opening bell rings. So where's that spot? 
Where's that spot should be support where Trick and Company could drop the market to early in the morning and they could have a bounce? 31.55, this is the S&P E-mini futures. You know the drill. Here's an E-mini five-minute chart. Everything to the right of the vertical is today's activity. Boom, 31.55 is the horizontal trend line. Low of day, 31.55. And then again, in the afternoon, they run another test. What was the low? 31.55 and a quarter. And then what happened? They took off from there. Now, we didn't know that was going to happen. That was going to be the low of day twice. But it certainly is helpful when we know our numbers. We're also discussing the breakdown candle high that we showed, 31.77.75. So that's the objective if they're going to continue up. It's also a spot, either that, slightly in front of it, slightly above it on a spike. It's also a spot where if they hit it early in the morning, we were expecting it to be overhead resistance. We know the safety net. Obviously, they're starting to get close to 3,200. That will soon act magnetic the longer they stay up here. These are the things of an awareness. You have to know this stuff. Let's move it along and let you read the notes on your own. And you'll see 31.55 come up. We got close to the number 31.77 and a quarter, 31.77.75. Close enough, maybe good enough, maybe not good enough, but nevertheless, they generally will get up there at some point. By virtue of understanding where the support was likely to come in, 31.55, and this was the translation in the SPY, 31.15.56, by virtue of that being the support, Later in the afternoon, and you'll see this if you read through the notes, later in the afternoon, it was expected to yet again be support. They could have come down a little bit lower, but what you'll see in the notes is with the light volume, chop shop type market, there was nothing going on. It was really a watch the paint dry kind of market. The expectation was not for the market to come down a lot. In fact, what you'll also see later on if you read the notes is What about the buy program that may come in? And I'm not saying we said a buy program was going to come in at the end of the day. What I'm saying is you have to have the awareness that buy programs come in and it doesn't take that much because the volume was so light to push the market higher and then you couple that with an end of the day jam session and all of a sudden you're finishing near the high of the day after just a few candles earlier like an hour earlier being at the low of the day to run another test that's not uncommon market behavior it's awareness stuff you have to understand how to read the tape it wasn't the type of day where we were expecting a collapse in the market Now, what you'll see here also in the notes is there's a bear flag forming. But then again, what can we expect out of the bear flag? Well, what you'll see is, and here's the reason behind it, here's where I'm starting to put some more imagery inside the numbers. I think it's helpful. But what you'll see is a short-term chart says one thing, but an hourly chart says something else. So while I discuss the short-term chart, And here's market symmetry. We discuss market symmetry. When there's a teachable or learnable moment inside the numbers, we're going to take advantage of it. So here's a short-term chart playing out. But from a longer-term chart, an hourly chart perspective, what was really going on? Nothing. The market was just going back and forth in a chop shop formation. But the hourly chart 
when you go from the gap up with the gap left open from Friday's close or Thursday's close, that's a bull flag pattern. Well, guess what? The 10-minute chart or the 15-minute chart or the 5-minute chart, they don't show this. Awareness. You have to be aware of what's going on on the short-term and also the longer-term perspective. Moving along, there's the end of the day. And there's your buy program coupled with a mini end-of-the-day jam session of sorts to run a test of what? The morning highs. We're going to go check out the charts of the two stocks on the move. So here's a little snapshot, a last sneak peek. Here's Dominion, and the gap up in the morning takes away a lot of the opportunity. That's why there weren't a lot of stocks moving pre-market. Now here's the deal. This thing got killed all day long, but guess what? Nobody should have been in this trade. Why? Look where it opened. The opening print was 79.19. The secondary price target was 79.70. Open below, forget it. Leave it alone, on to the next trade. By the way, anybody that would have said, well, how was I supposed to know that? Maybe you didn't read the section that says, stocks on the move notes, must read. Guess what? There's stuff in here, and it's in there. Duke Energy, not what we were really looking for. The number worked, but it went back and forth in and around this number for too long, likely chasing too many traders away. A little trade here on a bounce, back to the number, a little bit below, another bounce, and then a flutter out into the end of the day. No rocket ride. It wasn't a bad trade. It just wasn't anything other than a bunt for base hit. That's okay. The takeaway, if for nothing else, is the number. Before we move on to other markets, just thought we'd take a peek at the 120-minute chart. Anything different here? No, it's a nice, tight, bull flag pattern. How high? We already talked about that. Start closing hourly, and then obviously on this chart, two hours below these lows here, and that opens the door to come fill the gap. It changes the pattern. But this is the pattern at present. What about Camp IWM? Pretty interesting today. So in Camp IWM, obviously up on the day, a buck 29, but yet lagging the S&P. So on a relative basis, and this is my favorite market leading indicator, it is lagging the S&P, which has to be of note and a puzzle piece on the table. Not lagging by all that much, but lagging nonetheless. How about the hourly chart? Look a little different from the SPY chart we just looked at. Let's get a refresher. SPY hourly chart, very nice bull flag pattern. IWM hourly chart, very nice bear flag pattern. That's called a divergence. The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. Now here's the deal. We have to talk through this a little bit because I think there's a misunderstanding when we look at the leading indicators, in this case, in my case, is the IWM and the transports, and I say something or point something out, I think there are traders that think something should happen immediate. Now, sometimes it does happen like that, but sometimes it doesn't happen like that. We use these as an awareness. If we have one market going one way or telling us one thing, and another market going another way telling us something else, that can sustain for several hours, several days, generally not past several days unless you're looking at the really long-term time frames. For example, the weekly chart of the IWM 
is making or will eventually make or has made a lower high on a longer time frame. It looks very similar to the weekly chart of the SPY. Not so much with the folks out in Silicon Valley. So we have divergences. I'm not saying we do or don't do anything with this. Just pointing out the stuff. Here's my point, last point on the divergences. Look, we can have the IWM trading very, very strong in a bullish formation along with the spiders, for example, off of the March low. However, at the end of the day, they all can make a lower high, all except the Qs. They can make a lower high and have another debacle at some point in the future. So they can be bullish, they can be bearish. They can be both. It depends on what time frame you're looking at. A 10-minute chart has nothing to do with a daily or weekly chart, even an hourly chart. By the way, how do you like this for market symmetry? This is pretty cool. Look at these red candles. One, two, three. You have these bear flag patterns that one, two, three, but each and every time the market gapped up and created another one of those situations. Now, here's what we'll say. We don't know whether it will or won't happen like that again, but what we do know is we have to look at the big picture. On this chart we're looking at, they're above all the moving averages. So you can actually smooth this out and say, who cares what it looks like? They're above all the moving averages, and the big resistance is 146.69, and that would be the target at minimum until and unless they broke below and started closing candles on this 120-minute chart, for example, below these moving averages for starters, the convergence of the 100 period and the 20 period moving average. If they do that, we're not looking up north at the moment, then we would be looking down south. You take the market one step at a time. You also take it at face value, depending on whatever chart we're looking at. Be the umpire, call the balls and strikes. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, this had relative strength today. It was up more, a touch more, but more nonetheless, more than the S&P 500. So guess what? We have a divergence inside of a divergence, and therefore, we need more information from Mrs. Market. As far as the trannies go, until and unless they get above this high, which is the same basic high as this high, then there's no dice. Until they do that, it's likely and is, in fact, overhead resistance. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Anything wrong with this market? Absolutely not. Are you crazy? But again, they're getting far extended from home base. Again, we don't know how to measure an overbought condition or an oversold condition. There really is no measurement for that. There's some lagging indicators, but those are a bunch of bunk. You get those from Joe's indicator shop generally for about $29 or $49.95. For a long, long time, what have we been saying about Q cubed? There's nothing wrong with this market. Move it along. It's extended, but you don't want to get in front of a freight train. It'll eventually get the rug pulled out because, after all, it's a top-heavy weighted index. It's weighted heavily into, like, four, five, six stocks. So, therefore, and they will, when everybody runs for the exits out of those stocks at the same time, it has a profound impact on the queues. 
We've seen it before, we'll see it again, but you don't know when or from where it's going to come from. They're at new all-time highs. Trying to throw a dart at what the high is actually going to be is really more of a fool's game. And by the way, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, and without you, these videos are not possible? That is true and accurate information. It was a short hop, and we still have to discuss the financials and good old Smash Mouth. Now, look at this two-sided. We're looking at this as the umpire. The financials were up 2% today. That's a very, very strong day for the financials. Also, at the same time, they're very weak on the chart. It's not a great bear flag pattern. It's not really a bear flag pattern at all. However, it's not a bullish pattern. And until and unless they can clear at least the 20 period moving average in this case, really have to start closing daily above 24.25 to get something going. So at present, what we're doing is we're taking the up 2% with a grain of salt and saying the chart doesn't really look great. It's not a bullish pattern. Doesn't mean the stock or a market can't go higher. It's just our odds or probabilities are better served if we have a chart with a real chart setup, a pattern that's favorable to what we see or the position we're taking. So for example, if you can make a case, this is a bearish chart, why would you go long? It's kind of like shorting a stock at an all-time high, like this one. Now, how many traders, and I'm not really speaking to just traders here listening to this, I'm just saying generally speaking, how many traders tried to short Tesla how many times along the way while this thing just goes to the moon? And we're not talking about SpaceX, we're talking about Tesla. Is it going to 1400, 1450, 1500? I can't answer that. That's a great example of trying to guess at what the high is gonna be is a very, very hard thing to do at new highs for sure. What about Smash Mouth? Anything wrong with this market? It's a great proxy or indicator for the tech space as a whole. And guess what? Up two and a half percent today. You can't say anything negative other than eventually they'll pull the rug out. Right now, it's in an uptrend, making new highs. You can't say it's bearish. It's bullish on its face. That's the duck. And there, you have everything that I really wanted to and intended to discuss today. So we will give it a wrap. We'll pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.